still miss you every day. Even though I know you're here. And I'm going to keep doing my part with Sherman's daughter, with all of them. You deserve it all. Now and forever. But please, if this is where you want me, please show me why. Show me what I'm supposed to do here. Good, you're here. I'm thirsty. Sorry about before. Why can't you could be like that? You are always nice. Even when I was mean to you. What do you know that I don't? It's not what you know. It's who you know. What's up, everybody? How you doing? Did you have a good week? Did you have the best week of your summer thus far? Huh? Good. There's something incredible about watching you guys uh, worship tonight. I was standing up there with a friend of mine, and we're just kind of looking down. And just the passion that you have is different than night one passion. Night one passion, you actually smelled better because you had probably showered before you came to camp. No offense, you know. It's the boys, isn't it? It's always the boys. And some of you, some of you were a little timid, you know. Some of you were, were in your seats during that first chapel, kind of how I'm standing here, hands in your pockets, just looking around, what's going on. Man, but tonight... Tonight you were worshiping. And I can't help but wonder if there's not a reason why. And I think the reason why is that this week you grew closer to God. And you have to understand why that happened. Because those things, if you're going to clap, clap. But whatever that was, was awful. Okay, all right. Okay. We got to be all in, you know. It's biblical. Here's the deal. What you went through, what you went through this week, it, it, it helped you grow. 
So what was it? What was it about a week of camp that was so different than the way life typically goes at home? Here's what was different. You set time aside for God. And God did what he always does. He shows up when you invite him in. Jesus himself said that we're able to ask and to seek and to knock and the door will be opened to us. Remember the name of Jesus in Matthew 123 is Emmanuel, which means God with us. Friend, from Monday until now, you have invited the presence of God in your life. And here's how you did it. You did it through sacrificing time to be here. You did it through spending time in God's word daily. The amount of you I've seen spit in memory verses, the amount of you who even as I'm talking right now, just giving an introduction to this short sermon that I'm about to unpack for you, ready, ready to hear from God, ready to see what he has to say to you. You spent time worshiping Jesus through music, which is something that, that God himself says he enjoys. Now think of your mom or your dad or someone that you look up to in your life. Like when they tell you, hey, I feel loved when you do this, it makes you want to do that more, doesn't it? Well, one of the ways that God receives love from us is when we sing songs to him. Like none of these things, including the spending time in community with your peers, having an overseer, someone who can just kind of look after you this week and answer questions, it may look different when you go home, but by no means does it have to stop. And so what I want you to understand tonight is I want you to just take the memory of, of, of this last moment you had in worship. And I want you to just store that thing away. Because if you remember the flow that we've talked to this week, we looked at one, how we too, like Daniel, are in a type of exile. Life is not the way that it is meant to be lived. There's sin in the world. There's darkness. God himself has gone to prepare a place for us. We're not yet there. And at the same time, Jesus says we can experience his kingdom here now today. That's what you've been doing this week. The second talk, we unpacked how, how there is a God and how he's holy, holy, holy and how there's no one like him. From there, we looked at how we are going to go through trials in this world, that there are going to be times where life is difficult, but we can lean on the faithfulness of God and to respond with faithfulness or we can turn. And when we choose to lean into God, he promises to be there for you. With Jesus, no pain is wasted. So don't waste the pain. And then we looked at sin and how sin is the ultimate problem that we see at play from a Christian perspective in the world today. Darkness. Darkness. But Jesus said that he came to be a light in dark places. And so last night we looked at how Jesus himself has the power to save. And some of you committed your lives to Jesus, believing in the gospel for the first time in this very room no more than 24 hours ago. There's this moment in Daniel 9, and this is what we'll end with. There's this moment in Daniel 9, it starts at verse 4. Where Daniel, after having seen all the things we've talked about this week, having experienced exile, having gone through each of these individual moments that we've unpacked, and so much more, he prays. 
at the end of a hard life that was unfair and did not go his way, look at this prayer that he prays. It says in verse 4, I prayed to the Lord, Daniel 9, I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed, Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments, we have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and have rebelled, and we have turned away from your commands and laws. We have not not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes and ancestors, and to all people of all the land. Lord, you are righteous, but this day we are covered with shame. The people of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and Israel, both near and far, and all the countries where you have scattered us because of our unfaithfulness to you, we and our kings, our princes, our ancestors are covered with shame, Lord, because we have sinned against you. The Lord our God is merciful and forgiving, even though we have rebelled against him. We have not obeyed the Lord or kept the laws he gave us through his servants, the prophets. All Israel has transgressed your law and turned away, refusing to obey you. Therefore, the curses and sworn judgments written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us because we have sinned against you. You have fulfilled the words spoken against us and against our rulers by bringing on us great disaster. Under the whole heaven, nothing ever has been done like what has been done to Jerusalem. Just as it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come on us. Yet we have sought, not sought the favor of the Lord our God by turning away from our sins and giving attention to your truth. The Lord did not hesitate to bring disaster on us, for the Lord our God is righteous in everything he does, yet we have not obeyed him. Now, Lord our God, who brought your people out of Egypt with a mighty hand, and who made yourself a name that endures to this day, we have sinned and we have done wrong. Lord, in keeping with all your righteous acts, turn away your anger and wrath from Jerusalem, your city, your holy hill. Our sins and iniquities of our ancestors have made Jerusalem and your people an object of scorn to all those around us. Now, our God, hear the prayers and petitions of your servant. For your sake, Lord, look with favor on your desolate sanctuary. Here's what we just read. What we just read is the prayer of a man who endured decades upon decades upon decades of hardship. And at the end of that time, he chooses to continue to trust in the faithfulness of God through repenting, as opposed to viewing himself as a victim. Friend, when hard things happen to you, that is a moment that you can put the focus on God. Now, there was a reason for Israel being taken over by the Babylonians, and the reason was that they were unfaithful. Now, This is a whole topic for a whole nother day. The wrong that's going to happen to you in your life is not always going to be because of your unfaithfulness. Please don't think that. But there are things that the word talks about are consequences that do come upon us when we turn away from God. There are things that happen to us when we do choose to follow our own way and not follow the will of God. It's Jonah getting swallowed by a whale. It's the It's the rich young ruler walking away sad because he didn't sacrifice what God had asked. It's the prodigal son living in a pigsty after having lived in a palace because he chose himself. Know the difference. But regardless of what type of pain you endure, I hope that you'll always remember God is faithful. 
And God always promises to be present in your life. If you miss his presence, you miss the point of all of this. The purpose of faith is not just going to the good place when you die and not the bad place. Friend, the purpose of place, the purpose of faith is so that we can experience a right relationship with God in the here and now. And that also transcends on into eternity. You can cultivate that faith through doing all of the things that you've done here at camp when you go home. It's going to look different, but that's where discipline takes root in your life. During the pandemic, I had a lot of extra time to watch television. And one of my favorite types of shows that I got into during those first couple months when the world was crazy and we weren't really sure what was happening and you were all going to school online, we're working online, like what's going on? And it was like Netflix was ready. They released this television show called Alone. Did you watch that show, Alone? Yeah. Now, I'm a big fan of like survival shows. I'm not sure why, but I just am. Like I like to think that I could do it, but the one that's like you're alone forever, I couldn't do that one. Like I would go crazy. Like even Tom Hanks and Castaways talking to a volleyball. Like I would take my shoe off and it would be like my best friend on the first day, okay? Good Castaway reference because you guys all I'm sure have watched that movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And everyone over 30 went, yeah. Uh. All right. The point is, in all of those survival shows, the format's like the same, right? Like all the basic necessities have been stripped away. All of the, the comforts, all of the things that make living simple are gone. And it's like on you. And so they say there's three things that you're supposed to do in a survival situation. These three things must happen, and they must happen first. The first thing, shelter. You gotta have a place to beat the elements. You'll see people like cutting branches off trees, leaning them up against the trunk of a tree, digging holes, stacking rocks. If you got a tarp, more power to you, shelter. The second, food. You wanna have an idea of where your food and where your water can come from, right? You can go a longer time without food than you can water, but you wanna at least be cognitive of like where those things can come from. The third one is arguably the most important. It's fire. And so what you'll see on those shows is you'll see people work tirelessly. Like, if they don't have fire, they don't survive on those television shows. And the same thing's true in real life. In that situation, you need fire. Fire can purify water. Fire can cook food. Fire can keep you warm. Fire can keep predators away. Like, fire is a very necessary resource, necessary resource in that type of situation. And so when you watch a show like Alone, how do they build that fire? Well, they, they, they go around and they find small bits of wood or palm husk, pine needles, shavings, and, and, and they'll spark it. They'll, they'll hit two rocks together or a flint and steel or, or they'll rub two sticks together until they have an ember. And when they have that ember, they'll very tenderly and carefully put it into this tinder that they've had and then they'll, they'll fan that into a flame. And once they have that flame, they already have all of the kindling ready to go so that that little flame can grow bigger, and then the log goes on, and then hopefully the fish or the meat or whatever the thing is that they'd like to cook. Here's the reason I share that with you. This week, we got an ember. This week, what God has done in your hearts is, is there's been a spark, like the distractions and hardships of the world that you're about to enter back into tomorrow have been off of your mind because the things of God have been. 
but you have to be prepared. Because tomorrow, the distractions come. Tomorrow, the cell phone comes back on. Tomorrow, the dysfunction at home happens. Tomorrow, whatever life looks like for you is going to happen the second you get home. And so what can you do to protect that little ember? What can you do to fan this spark that God has so clearly done in your lives this week since you've been at camp? You can continue to pursue the presence of God in your life. You can continue to pray. You can continue to read. You can continue to talk. You can continue to worship. You can continue to serve. You can continue to have community around you. Friend, this is how you take that ember and you allow the flame of faithfulness to engulf you and transform you here at this age and stage that you are. There's this guy, Paul. He writes majority of the New Testament. And he has this passage that I love. Like, I, I, this is one of my favorite passages in all the Bible. He says this in, in the book of Philippians chapter 3. He kind of talks about how he fans the flame. He talks about like what he does to keep his faith going. It's almost as if it was like his mission statement. Almost as if like this is his goal. This is his north star. This is what keeps him aligned as he goes through life. He says this in Philippians 3 verse 10. He says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. Becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Paul, Paul in verse 10 says, I want to know Christ. He uses this really cool Greek word, if that's interesting at all to you. But he uses this Greek word called ginosko. G-I-N-S-K-O. And this word ginosko means to know and to be known. And this is the difference of what I spoke to you earlier about this week. That, that the point of faith is not merely to know a lot about God. The point of faith is to know God intimately. To have a relationship with him. To know that he cares about you. To know that nothing is too small for him. To know that he's never bored of you. And as we get to know God in that way, we learn that God already knows us. And so Paul says, I want to know. I want to draw near to God. And then the second thing he says. He says, yes, to know the power of his resurrection. As we talked about last night, the resurrection is the single thing that gives us hope as humans. The resurrection is the full display of God's power on behalf of a sinful humanity. Because it's through the resurrection that Jesus has the power to make dead things come alive again. Paul says, I want to know the power of God's resurrection. You're going to have days where you feel dead. And you need to remember that Jesus is alive. You have to remember that the grave could not hold him down. You have to remember that he went to the cross, that he offered up his life as a sacrifice, and three days later rose victorious. And that same power that rose Jesus from the dead is now alive and at work in every single one of you who has put faith in Jesus. That's how we fan the flame. We remember that the power of God is at work in us. And our response to the power of God is always and has to always be faithfulness like Daniel. Third thing Paul says. He says, I want to know Christ. I want to know the power of his resurrection. Third thing he says. And the participation in his suffering. 
what a weird thing to ask God for, suffering. That kind of goes against like all social norms for us today. Because I think as humans, at least where we live during the time that we live, the thing that we want the most is comfort and safety. It's been said that comfort and safety are the gods of our generation. We will work so hard to be comfortable and we will do everything in our power to be safe. Friend, life is not comfortable and life is not safe. And it's important for you to know this at this age because if not, you are going to be unprepared when life hits you in the face. Paul says, I want to share in Christ's sufferings because it's through suffering that we're able to draw more near to the Lord. That's not saying that we want to be masochistic, that we want to hurt ourselves. That's just us saying that when life gets tough, my mindset in Christ is, God, where are you? That's to say when life gets difficult, when pain comes our way, our mindset is, God, there's lots of room for you here right now. Please show up for me. And there may be times where you go, God, I don't feel you. God, I don't see you. God, I can't hear you. He's there. He's there because it's a promise of God. And the Bible teaches that all of God's promises are yes and amen. The scriptures refer to those of you who are in Christ as children of God. And so what kind of father wouldn't be there when their child is hurting and in need? Don't quit. Persevere. When life gets difficult, that's an opportunity for you to see the full power of God on display in your life. I pray that you'll put that in your pocket and remember it. Hopefully far from now, but there will be a day. Last thing I want to share. Tomorrow, when you get off the bus, whoever's picking you up is going to ask you a question. What's the question? How was camp? You already knew. My kids do this to me. They're homeschooled now, but when they used to go to school, I would pick them up from school and I would go, how was school today? And they would say, gosh, I hate that word. Good. What does it even mean? What is, no one knows, you don't even know. You're just programmed to say good. So you get off the bus, you're sleepy, you're covered in war paint from recreation, you've lost your voice, you sound like Froggy from the Little Rascals, your parents go, hey, how was camp? And with whatever shred of vocal cord is left in you, you have your first opportunity to fan the flame. You can either respond with the mantra of your generation, good. Or you can say, there it is. It's my first opportunity to give what's called a testimony. The testimony of what God did in my life at camp. Testimony means to testify. Think of court. Someone's on the stand. They're being pressed by lawyers. There's a judge there. There's a jury there. Something's on the line. To testify is to say, I'm going to tell the truth because I have nothing to hide. Friend, your testimony is the greatest thing that you have to share with the world around you. Your testimony is, is, is the story of God in your life. Your testimony is how this book, which is filled with truth, has transformed you. You can reply with good, or you can say, let me tell you what God did. You can reply with fun, and that's okay if it was fun, and it's okay if it was good, or you can look at whoever that person is in the face and say, 
I might need a nap, but then I can't wait to tell you all of the things that I learned at camp. Friend, testify. <laughs> testify to the goodness of God, to the resurrection power of Jesus. Remember on your darkest days, God is with you. Remember on your best of days, God is with you. And take this faith home. Change the world with it. Share it. Be generous and love others well. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for this week at camp. God, I thank you for these students. I thank you for their hearts. I thank you for their minds. I thank you for their attentiveness. God, I pray that they would go home truly transformed. I pray, Lord, that as they step off that bus or out of that van tomorrow, that you would give them the boldness and the courage like Daniel had to say, yes, camp was good. But let me tell you what my God did. I'm different. God, would you take these words that we've studied this week, would you plant them deep in our hearts? When days of feeling less faithful, when days where we feel like our faith is deconstructing, when days where life is hard, would you help us to lean on these gospel truths that we've learned this week? Help us to trust you. God, we love you. We thank you so much for camp. It's truly a special place. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.